new theme Thursday, and I, we both should be ashamed of ourselves. It is uh, Lou's found day. That's right. And Lou is the unofficial mascot of Ball Don't Lie. I don't know. <laughs> the unofficial mascot of Ball Don't Lie. Also, he is the uh, the dog and pet of our man Patrick. And um, today is his found day, and I imagine that is the theme. Yes. So all yes. dog related jams. We should have known. We started off the show giving love to Lou. Lou, and then you. Yeah, I, 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 I totally should have played Atomic Dog. I would have known right away. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I, so the first song was I wouldn't treat a dog the way you treated me. Okay. And the second song is called Hair of the Dog. Oh, oh man. man. I got it. We should have gotten that. Dang it. Yeah. I'm upset with us, Arch. We, yeah, we got it caught slipping, us dog. right in the face the whole time. And it said it didn't want to talk to us. Yeah, <laughs> the, the rest are a lot easier. The rest are, you're like, yeah, they're kind of all dead giveaways to this all point. Right. So I imagine, yeah, you definitely got it. Is Atomic Dog in there? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. I know. Well, I'm talking about the most famous dog, uh, the dog, dog related That's songs right. are songs with dog in or the title. Or some Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg's got to yeah. be in there. Yeah, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, got to be in there. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right, new theme of the day, showing love to Lou. This is uh, his found day. Uh, so shout out to all the dogs out there. I got a dog. I got a couple of dogs at the crib. There you, you go. You got a dog at the I house, I got a dog too. at the crib, too. Uh, you got a cat? N- what? No, Whoa, sir. Why'd you say it like that? No, sir. No, why'd sir. Why'd you say it like never a cat? N- never a cat. <laughs> Even though they're self-sufficient, never a cat, bro. No, I, listen, I'm not a cat hater because I know people who have cats, uh, and cats are kind. They're kind of cool. I don't. Ha- I don't own a cat. We had a neighbor that had a cat, and the cat would chill out in our backyard and kick it. So we kind of owned a cat. Then that neighbor moved, so we lost the cat. But because of that, he they broke up, and the dude took the cat. The, yep. cat. the cat belonged to the dude, no doubt. And she had the dog. All right, it's kind of a little strange. Yeah. Either way, uh, I, I I used to be kind of that's like, how life goes sometimes. <laughs> that's how baseball goes sometimes. I used to be like that about cats, but then my wife, who's a country girl from the country, they love cats because right. cats just kill varmints, yep. Yep. kills rodents and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So all country people have a cat around all the time. They have yep. dogs too. They keep a cat, no doubt, because cats love to kill rodents. So they they actually serve a purpose more yeah. so than some of the the city cats. No, I'm cool. You cool? Yeah. All right. My neighbor across the street, he's he he got a cat, and every day I see my man looking for that dog old cat. One morning he comes out, and I'm like, let me guess, the cat got away again, <laughs> right? He's like, yeah, I don't even know where it is. Hey, I'm just walking through the neighborhood looking for my cat, and that, it was hiding on the side of the house. That's the coolest thing about cats, though. They choose you. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. The cat, if the cat don't like true. you, a cat will choose to go elsewhere. That is true. And, and find a new owner, or you know what? I'm on my damn own. I don't exactly. need you. I'm a, I'm a wonder ride. That's why I don't. What re- you talk? Well, who'd you say the other day? <laughs> Heathcliff. What? Heathcliff. The, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But cats don't like me. I actually don't mind cats. Cats don't like me. I've tried to. Like house sit and take care of a cat before hide cat, the whole time from you, right? No, it tried to attack me oh, when man. I came in the house. It was like on top of the fridge. It smelt that dog. Oh, it's going for you. Oh man, I came in there and it la- it like leaped at me <laughs> and tried to come at me. Oh dude, I couldn't feed the cat. I told him, man, the, the cat's attacking me. He was like, oh, it does that. And I was like, it, it does, does that. It, you no, didn't put that on the notes before. information I needed. Yeah, why did you tell me that before? Got here. No, it is. And you know what? I won't even throw him under the bus. It was a dude that I played with. I'm not even gonna throw him under the bus. Throw, throw him. I'm not gonna throw. You got a trained attack. 
black cat? It was. It was uh, that cat attacked me. I don't know if it attacked. He, he said it doesn't attack everybody, but every now and then, if somebody and I was just, I had never met the cat or anything like that. Probably mm-hmm. was a mistake. And I just came into the crib to feed him and I and, and you know give him fresh water or whatever. And no, the cat wasn't having it. Not so cat was like, I don't know you, and you might be. You like you're an intruder. Cat didn't trust. No, me. I, I have I have some cat friends, cats that I go and feed when they're out of town, and the cat. First of all, it's funny because he doesn't like have a voice box really, so he his meows are just oh, like he just kind of breathy meows. <laughs> so it's funny, but, painful. But he comes in and he will headbutt your shins to try like, as soon as you walk in, and you can't walk. Like you have to walk really carefully when you walk in the house. He's like, no one's been here for a day and a half. <laughs> I'm so hungry. <laughs> and you just like, run in. You're like, dude, if you let me in the house, I can feed you. Hey, I'll take that over the attacking cat. Yeah. The cat just go. No, it's all love you. from this one. It's just <laughs> a- aggressive love. <laughs> like, aggressive love. Uh, no doubt about it. But that's all right. Ain't nothing wrong with that. If you got a cat too, hey, we'll show you some love, even though dogs are the new theme on New Theme Thursday. All right, let's get to this Aaron Rodgers story because there are several different uh, chapters to it now. And basically the trade talks have pretty much going cold. Here's some Adam Schefter sound. He was on NFL Live, and on NFL Live, he's the one that threw out the report that the Aaron Rodgers trade talks have stalled, and he gives you a couple of details as to why. All right, so not a whole lot there, but also maybe something. Adam, what is the latest between the Packers and the Jets when it comes to this Aaron Rodgers trade? Laura, you hit on the key phrase right there, not a whole lot there. And my understanding is there hasn't been a whole lot of conversation, if any, over the last couple of weeks, going back to the owners' meetings. And so both sides now appear to be dug in, and we'll see whether or not anything changes as we head up to the draft. What's interesting is if the two sides, amazingly enough, can't figure out a deal, by the time the draft comes... Then the Jets go ahead and make their picks at 13, 42, and 43, I think are the numbers. And Aaron Rodgers then has a decision to make about whether or not to show up for the mandatory minicamp in May. Do the Packers want him there when he's scheduled to count about $60 million? Do you want to risk him showing up and getting hurt? Or do the two sides want to come together and get something done before the draft so Green Bay can go ahead and use the picks now for a player that doesn't figure to be a part of their future. Again, it seems like both sides are dug in and are willing to be patient until something gets done because nothing is any closer at this point in time. All right. So basically they're both dug in, been really stubborn on this thing. We may not get any moving until after the draft or around the draft. Now, Mike Greenberg, ESPN Greeny, <laughs> he's really plugged in with the Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, his Jets, squad. Jets. He's his squad. squad. He's That's dialed squad. into he, them. He talks Jets more than anybody else. Exactly. Nobody else cares that much about the Jets until now. Even anyway. the people in New York don't <laughs> exactly. talk Jets. He's talking about, man, talk about the Giants. Exactly. Talk about the Jets. So he has a lot of sources with the Jets. He was on the Pat McAfee show and and he was talking to Pat McAfee and A.J. Hawk, and here is how that conversation went down, and he revealed some inter- interesting information from his sources. And when's it going to happen? Uh, I have no idea. I've always assumed that I've always, it's going to happen sometime around the draft, right? Isn't that what you think, Greeny? Yes. Uh, here's what, and, and A.J., obviously, um, I would defer to anything you know, but I can tell you what I've heard. I've heard that Aaron has sent signals to the Jets that there's no reason for them to rush, that he's not coming until May anyway. So it's not they're not missing out on anything right now. So they should hold out as long as it takes, and that ultimately 
they won't wind up having to trade the 13th pick in the draft, which is what I think this ultimately comes down to. Again, if, if I'm saying something, AJ, that you think is totally wrong, let me know. AJ? But I think that this is all about Money. the Jets wanting to, to draft an offensive tackle at 13 and Aaron Rodgers wanting them to draft an offensive tackle at 13, which I would want too if I was Aaron Rodgers. And they will just hold out until the draft and they think the Packers will eventually say, okay, We'll take slightly less than we want because we want pieces to put around or in front of Jordan Love this year, not wait until next year. Another interesting question that will come up, if I may, is I got a bunch of Jet fans telling me that they think that rather than taking an offensive lineman at that point, that the Jets should draft Jackson Smith and Jigba, the spectacular wide receiver coming out of Ohio State, who basically had a a washout of a year this past year because he was hurt all year, but that if you put him and Garrett Wilson on the field, with Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard, that you might actually have the best receiving core in the entire National Football League by halfway through the season. What and Brees Hall. Brees Hall, too. I mean, let's not. Brees Hall in the backfield, obviously. Michael Carter. Uzama? They would have unbelievable yeah, weapons. Uzama? They had Uzama and Tyler Conklin. Wow. But, but as far as the, dy- the, 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 the receiving core, if, if we think that um, uh, 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 the, the Jamar Chase and T. Higgins is the best receive- one-two punch at receiver in the NFL, that this could be recreating that, that putting Garrett Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigba out there with Alan Lazard, that that would be the way to go. I'm still one who thinks they should take an offensive lineman, but that is kind of an attractive little proposition to me. All right, there you go. Man. There's a lot to unpack through all of that. But basically, it does explain why there hasn't been movement. Aaron Rodgers telling the Jets, no, you're good. Don't you know? I mean, basically telling them, no, you should be, you know, be, be be steadfast. All right, in your stance that you want a, whatever it is that you only want to give up a certain amount of draft capital, and obviously not really high draft capital mm-hmm. to attain uh, to acquire Aaron Rodgers, and by doing that, you'll leave more obviously draft capital so that you could build around Aaron Rodgers once you acquire him. So Aaron Rodgers is telling them, based on the Greeny report, hey, take your time. Well, Don't rush it. Take your time. And you'll gain more leverage by take the, the more you take your time. Because at one point, the Packers are going to start mini camps, and they it's going to get real awkward real fast. Because he's not about- showing up to mini camps, but at the same time, you're still going to be on the hook for paying a $50 million quarterback who ain't even showing up. Well, the thing about it is he never shows up. He never shows up. He never <laughs> shows up, but yet he's going to be upset because there's no chemistry with his wide receivers in him. He's going to throw them under the bus as he always does because he thinks everybody knows where to be. Aaron Rodgers has removed himself from the realization of what football truly is anymore, and that is getting to know your teammates. That is why this entire uh, farce of a trade has been just that. Every time I hear Aaron Rodgers' name, it's almost like I'm hearing DeMar DeRozan's daughter scream at the free throw line. (laughs) I just can't. Aaron Rodgers just drives me to the point where I don't even care for this guy because it's always me, 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 me. We see it year in and year out, and I do agree. Don't rush it because he wasn't going to show up for your mini camp anyway, no matter which team he was on, because he wasn't going to do it. That's just not what he wants to do anymore. He feels like he's beyond mini camp. We talked about this the other day. First person in mini camp last week, Russell Wilson. You know why? He's got a new coach. He's got a new system. He shows up for it. You know what Aaron Rodgers would have told him? 
hey, just go ahead and send me the playbook. I'll look through it. He wouldn't have even mm-hmm. been there to go through things with them. So this is where we are with Aaron Rodgers, and that's why I believe Greeny mm-hmm. has kind of lost his mind and was like, you know what? I'm not even going to show up every single day and, and worry myself about it. If they're not worried about it, I'm not going to worry about it. Um, I, 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 I think it'll – It'll happen. No doubt. Um, but I think the Jets are holding out for more leverage because they know sooner or later the Packers are going to be f- – their hand will be forced, yeah. um, especially you if you wait until the, the – basically the uh, offseason activities start, the mini camps and stuff you, like that. You can say their hand's going to be forced. You know whose hand gets forced? The Jets when every other quarterback is taken. Mm-hmm. That's whose hand is forced. The Packers can pay him and sit him on the bench. They ain't winning. Like, they, like they, they're – they're basically getting nothing for him and giving him up, and they want to pay part of his. They want him to pay part of their salary, so they're saying like we're getting the the bad end of the stick no matter what. What you know who you need a quarterback? <laughs> yeah, because you, you put like all Zach this together Wilson, and we yeah. talk. Look at all these weapons. There's Zach Wilson. Go have fun. You tell me you have leverage. You have zero leverage because you need a quarterback, and unless you're going to try and go get Lamar Jackson. Or unless you're going to call it the Patriots in your division and give them a super package for Mac Jones. Who? Who? But the who, problem who, is, like, who else are you going to get? The problem is neither side has leverage because nobody else is in the discussion. The, the, I agree. The, the Jets don't have another quarterback that they're considering. They got mm-hmm. all their eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. All right, they're going all in on Aaron Rodgers, all or nothing. And the Jets, uh, they really don't have any competition either. Nope. Uh, because there's no other teams trying to trade. No, no. For for Aaron Rodgers. So if you're the Packers, you need another team to get into the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes to help you get a little bit of leverage. That's what they should be doing. And, and right? it feels and, like and, and, and on the other side of yep. that, you also need you know you need another team involved, but you also need another quarterback involved if you're the Jets, so that you can gain a little bit more leverage there and say, well, we're not going to be held hostage by Aaron Rodgers. We can yeah. go another direction. Right now, they cannot. And, no, and and I'll tell you, I, that seems somewhat more like that San Francisco story that came out a week or so ago <laughs> about the 49ers possibly being another suitor for Aaron Rodgers. That seems like that kind of might have been. Yeah, just throw that out there. Throw real that quick. out from yeah. Jets people. Be like, oh, the 49ers want him to. Or the front Packers people to be like, oh, the 49ers, they also want him. So you better make that deal for him because we may trade him somewhere else. Like, you ain't trading him for 49ers. Yeah, the problem with the 49ers is that they don't have draft capital this year. What they would do is package like three third round picks yeah. and a first round pick. From next year, I guess That's they could do have that. To be. But then they basically would mortgage in their future in quarterback picks unless they're going to trade Trey Lance and then get some type of return on that investment. And they invested with multiple first round picks in Trey Lance. Yeah. Nobody's going to give you multiple first round picks for a young Trey Lance right no. now. Especially no, coming I mean, off of an injury, too. I will tell you, there is one team who may give you some picks for Trey Lance. And that's going to be Houston around week three when they realize they don't have a quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Davis Mills, dog. Me. But here's the other thing. You start talking about the Jets. You have Zach Wilson, Tim Boyle, and uh, Chris Streveler, the guy that came in who looks like a bodybuilder that came in to play quarterback. Looked like a right-handed Tebow, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> so you're sitting there looking at your squad, and you're saying, okay, Zach uh, Garrett Wilson is sitting there. Alan Lazard. They got Denzel Mims. Don't forget about him, too. And Markel Hardman, like you've got weapons that are there, you got nobody to throw them the ball, so yep. you're right back in the same spot that you were when you drafted Zach Wilson. So do you make a move and go out there and say, you know what, I'm not going to go out there and Rodgers, one of these quarterbacks that might drop to me, I might as well go get one of those guys. Mm. 
That yeah, that would be risky. Just because you're not gonna be able to get one of the top notch quarterbacks right. in this draft, you're gonna go on you're a gonna project. settle for yeah, another you're project. Settle for the fourth or fifth best prospect, and that means everybody's job is on the line because you already admitted to a quarterback mistake in yep. Zach Wilson, and mm-hmm. now you're gonna go out there and roll Do the dice for another one. Mm-hmm. That's why this Aaron Rodgers thing has to work because there are a lot of there's a lot of job security wrapped up in it because they all admit it now. They screwed up the Zach Wilson pick. Absolutely. You messed it up. Yep. And, and I don't know if they've moved on officially from it, but at this point I think we all know. They ain't move on. They, <laughs> they, they did not gonna, move on. Well, I, uh, they're going to have to. As, that needs to be part of the trade package. Uh, it could be. It yep. could be. Okay, so there's another clip, though. from um, We have this from Barstool, and this is the, the left tackle for the Packers. Strangely enough, the way he's talking in this clip, too, makes it sound like he doesn't want to be a part of the organization anymore either. This is David Bakhtiati. This is his best friend, by the way. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Rogers, one, best of his, friend. one of his BFFs, yeah, yeah. and so he's he's in the know. He's plugged in, and listen to what he says. What could be kind of the doomsday scenario for the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes if Aaron if they can't trade Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't necessarily want to play for the Packers. The Packers are rebuilding. Whether you think so or not, they don't like. They, could they be good? I don't know. Could they be bad? Probably. If you're betting, more people are going to think they're going to be bad than good. Right. Isn't mm-hmm. that fair to say? So then they'll be like, well, we're going to suck anyways. We want what we want and we're not going to bend anyone. So we'll just eat it. Fair. Sell and retire. We'll pay you. We don't care because we're going to if, if we're going to do it our way, it's going to be on our terms. If not, we're, what are we like? We're, we're going to be Super Bowl contenders anyway. So we'll eat it. You can hang on the side, pay your money and then we'll suck anyways. Get the picks as compared to dealing him. But you something that you shouldn't have. You could potentially look like an idiot to not only president and the board, but everyone else around the league. Thinking of the GM's perspective, put yourself on the hot seat. And then potentially have your job come called to question. So I, I look at all these like ways you can you can deal it. I don't think it'd get that contentious. I do think they'll probably come to an agreement. He'll get traded. They'll get what they want. And then I will probably say whether it was who won, who won what. But I'm saying there, I do think that it could be a third option if things got so You're bad. Right. You're right. I've Jets changed just my say, mind. No, we now. want this and that's it because we know we're going to get them. Like, okay, we'll then. go somewhere else. All right, there you go. Uh, so he's saying the worst case scenario would be the Packers decide uh, we don't like the trade offer from the Jets. Um, you know what? We're going to tank. We're in tank mode. Best way to tank is to pay for a $50 million a year quarterback. Right. Start the other guy who we know isn't that damn good, and we don't have enough money to build a team around that guy because we're paying $50 million to another quarterback who's not even playing. Sit that guy on the bench. We'll end up getting close to the number one overall pick, or at least in the top five. Yeah. It'll be that bad. And then they don't have to worry about the lack of uh, return on an Aaron Rodgers trade, which he's right. That could put everybody's job in jeopardy. Yeah, if you if you're Guntekins, Guntekunst, and you screw this up as a GM, and they go, man, that was a terrible trade, and Aaron Rodgers goes on to to make the Jets a Super Bowl contender, yeah, the, yeah. the court of public opinion is probably going to call your job into question. Yep, unbelievable. That's just the way it happens. Yeah, that's, I mean, you're, if you're talking though, about right? what a yeah. a second and a third round pick next year. Yeah, they they right now Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports is reporting. He said that previously. The Jets have have turned their 2024 offer um, into a basically a different, a conditional offer. So at first, what he is saying, and he said this on the Pat McAfee show at one time too, um, he's saying that when Rogers went on, and Rogers went on the Pat McAfee show, that basically Woody Johnson uh, changed his offer as a result of him going on the Pat McAfee show when he admitted that he was close to retirement. Basically, mm-hmm. that yeah, freak, yeah. that freaked out Woody Johnson. Yeah. He started thinking. This dude could retire at any time. 
Like if, yep. if he yep. comes here and he doesn't like the way we do business or I say the wrong thing to him, we know he's really temperamental. <laughs> All right. Uh, fragile. And he could decide, you know what? I don't like the situation I'm in. You guys are going to try to contractually obligate me to, pe- to play, things like that. I'm just going to retire. I'm done. And then leave them SOL. Um, so here's what um, uh, Charles Robinson said. He said, it's a ridiculous standstill. Depending on what your vantage point is right now, he said, the Packers are holding out for what they want right now, and that's a problem. I think with the Jets, and more specifically with the Jets' ownership, so where it is, Green Bay is stuck on an asking price of two second-round picks this year, All right, a straight-shot one uh, first-round pick next year. So two first-round picks All right, this year, and a first-round pick next year, so no graduation schedule attached to it, and they would be, he says, willing to do it uh, to the 2025. Uh, And he says some sort of draft asset give back. uh, For some reason, Aaron Rodgers doesn't play in 2024, so if he retires, they would get draft compensation. Like make it conditional of some sort. That's basically what he's saying. He's saying the Jets and Woody Johnson specifically are just not going to do it. He said they're not going to do it if he's going to you know, essentially be threatening retirement. They're not going to do it. Um, he says, and I guess if we're going to do the whole thing, whose court is the ball in? I guess it's in the Jets court. But the problem is that the Jets is still at a standstill for them. They're saying, no, we're going to do the straight shot one, just one first round pick. That's it. No extra draft capital. He said, and I think what Woody Johnson's problem is, is that he looks at Denver. And all the assets Denver gave up for Russell Wilson, now Seattle is sitting on Denver's pick at number five because that crashed and burned. He said, I think some of it's the Matt Stafford thing, and now he has a bulky elbow, and now Detroit is sitting at six. That sort of had trade parameters worked out, and then when Aaron went on the Pat McAfee show and said, I'm 90% retired, or I was 90% retired, uh, he said, I think that's when Woody uh, decided you know, he wanted to have some fail-safes, like basically— and and why he, are you trading for this guy? Exactly. Hey, man, we want the best of both worlds. Can you can you go ahead and give us this all-pro MVP quarterback? We don't want to pay you anything for him. And if he retires, we want you to give us some back for taking him on. Exactly. We want to give absolutely nothing up, and we want you to we want you to take all the loss for this. And uh, wh- why won't this get done? <laughs> I don't know why it won't get done. We just I just keep asking for free things, and nothing happens. Nope. Uh, now you're definitely right. He wants it both ways. It's like you want the superstar Hall of Fame uh, caliber quarterback, but you don't want his deep. That was the diva uh, attachments. Yeah. Uh, you don't want his diva attitude. Uh, you don't want the fact that he's uh, right now using retirement as kind of a leverage play every time he negotiates with the team. That's the reality of having. And, and how, a, if you're a, a an NFL player. scout, did you not know that Aaron Rodgers has been ninety percent retired for three seasons? Like, that should have already been in your notebook. Hey, this guy is a foot out the door always. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he had that MVP season after they drafted Jordan Love. But honestly, I think that was just him being motivated by them drafting Jordan Love. I think he's such, unfortunately, kind of an egomaniac and a yeah. narcissist that he just wanted to show them he still had it. And that was his motivation. He's like, yeah. oh, y'all, y'all, think I, y'all think I'm done? Y'all think I'm just y'all drafted this guy by me? Yeah. Man, what to show bum. Which, exactly. Yeah. What's I show everybody? I'm not done. And I think that really did motivate him to the nth degree. I mean, it took it talk about motivational currency. I mean, he spent a ton of it that year and proved that, yeah, he still had it. 
Yeah. So now he just needs motivation, and this may be the motivation because a lot of people now are saying that you know he's done, and they don't you know they like Harch. <laughs> yeah. They're done with this diva. They don't like the drama, um, and this is not worth it. A lot of people are on that side of things. Uh, you might get Aaron Rodgers motivated. Aaron Rodgers motivated is scary. It is scary, especially with a lot of talent around him. Well, it's Hard a new Jane. team. I, I mean, it's Hard like, Jane have it? You well, because he because he's going to be out of his comfort zone. You know, he's going to be in a place if he ends up going to New York and people are already doubting him. And he, again, these are young wide receivers, very young. Garrett Wilson, unbelievable talent, young. Brees Hall, young running back. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at this squad. The only person that got experience and can deal with him is Alan Lazard because he was with him. Everybody else is going to be new, and it's just going to be, man, I, I – I don't like the way this is happening. Yeah. I guess that's the biggest way to look at it for me. I know my thing is, so how is this less stressful when it's going after Lamar Jackson? It just exactly do not get it. Exactly. <laughs> hey man, no I don't want to. Hey, he's going to retire. We don't want to. We don't want to trade for a guy if he's not going to be here for two or three years. Hey, we got to pay Lamar Jackson for three or four years. Oh, that's too much. He might not play all seventeen games, so we're not going to play him. Like, well. I, I think the big one with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets will be is if Robert Sala and Aaron Rodgers can sit down and just be best friends. Oh. Or if they are diametrically opposed at some point and become enemies just because Robert Sala is more of a is too straight line for Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know, but you don't know because Robert Sala seems like a pretty chill guy that can have a conversation with him. But he might also be like a, no, I wake up at 5.30 every morning and make my bed. And Aaron Rodgers is like, I don't even use sheets. No, no. That's I a, don't that's even use sheets. I don't know if you guys watched Ted Lasso. The texture makes a great point. And I've been watching Ted Lasso, and it fit perfectly. If you watch Ted Lasso, you'll get the Aaron Rodgers comparison. He says Aaron Rodgers, or she, says Aaron Rodgers is Zava from Ted Lasso. Well done. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It is. And you got to go watch the latest season to get it. I won't even try to break it down for you, but well done. Yes, basically, you get, you're going to get this very temperamental, petulant at times, uh, you know, a, a diva yep. of a quarterback. And that's, it comes with it comes the future with Hall of yeah. Fame yeah. Uh, play that you're going to get. And to me, it's supposed to be worth it. You got to weigh, it's, it's like, the, the the hot to crazy ratio with yeah. with with women. They always ding, say ding, ding. a woman is just as cry, just as hot as she is crazy. <laughs> and anytime the crazier, all right, she's crazier than she is hot. The crazy goes past the hot. Then you need to reexamine. But if she's just as crazy as she is hot, just as hot as she is crazy, then you're good. Just as long as she's not crazier than she is hot, that's yep. when you're in trouble. Aaron Rodgers is right there on the precipice, and I think right now most people consider him to be crazier than he is hot. All right, and that's like Holly Berry is like that. Like mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston is like they're like, oh man, she's kind of crazy. It's like, yeah, but she's really hot. Yeah, though. I'm gonna take my chance. You gotta deal with the crazy, yeah. But yeah. you won't deal with that with Mila Kunis. Uh, no, <laughs> no, she ain't that hot to me, so I, I, would, I don't need to deal with that kind of diva. But when, exactly, but what you're saying, Aaron Rodgers, he ain't that hot to you. Not at all. You're like, no, man, he's crazier than he's hot, so I'm done. I still think he's just as hot as he is crazy. He's right there. He hasn't crossed the Vicky Mendoza diagonal. Oh, Not just my. yet. Nope. But just he's, he's close. Yeah, he's, he's, he's right he's there. He's teetering. I guess he's he's right there on, on the cusp of it. I'll be like, nah, this ain't worth it. He's teetering. Uh, okay, we got special guests coming up. We do, we do. We have Rob Parker of FS1 and the Odd Couple and, of course, MLB Bro to come on and talk a little bit of NBA playoffs and, of course, MLB Bro and talk a little bit about the NF- M- MLB. B. Excuse me. All of that and more right here coming up next on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys. 
Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of y'all, I'm gonna speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! I am Dirty Mike and the boys, and that's why I'm in here chilling today. Uh, welcome back to the new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Hards. You can follow me on Twitter, at Hardball Hards, and you can follow my man, Rod Babers, at Rod Babers. And, of course, you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, you can hear him on the radio all over the place. You can follow him on Twitter, at Rob Parker, FS1. He is the great Rob Parker. Rob, how you doing, bro? Yo, my guys, how you guys doing? We're good. Nice We're nice. good. Nice to have you on, bro. Glad to have you on with us today, man. We got a lot to get into. It is playoff basketball. We'll talk a little bit about MLB, bro, in just a little bit. But I want to talk about the basketball playoffs out there in California. I know it's been a lot of conversation about your man LeBron James, and I call him <laughs> your man because I know you like to pick on him a little bit. But now that the playoffs are here, what are your expectations for the Lake Show? out there uh, I don't have big expectations I the the end of the season they played a lot of bad teams they won games they struggled big time to win the one the home game against the Timberwolves uh, they were fortunate to win that game Timberwolves were down a couple of guys uh, Towns was in foul trouble and they you know needed overtime to win it it's scary in the playoffs you want to win and move on but uh, I'll have to believe it to see it. I think they're going to have their hands full with Memphis. And I'm when it comes to Lakers, it's a they got to have to show me that they they got something together and those guys can stay healthy and those guys can beat some of the teams in the West. I'm not as convinced as a lot of people are. Hey Rob, I've um, heard you and uh, Chris Broussard, uh, and by the way, you guys do a great job uh, having the the, uh, the MVP conversation. Man, it's one of the most uh, heated MVP uh, uh, campaigns that we've seen in a long time. Who do you have for your MVP in the NBA season this season? Um, Joel Embiid would probably would would get my vote. Not probably, he would get my vote. I'm not convinced he's going to win because of the analytics and the writers, younger writers who take more stock into the analytical numbers. And I think, you know, Jokic's analytics are better than Embiid. And if those writers want to stick to their guns and continue to use analytics as their measuring stick, I I think that there's a chance that, that the Joker could win three in a row based off of that. His numbers were better than they were last year when he was the MVP. He leads in every analytical category. Uh, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because if it's about analytics, then, then the Joker's going to win. But if it's about basketball and eye test mixed in – with some analytics, and I think Joel Embiid should win. Yeah, I'm definitely on the Joel Embiid uh, 
fan club because I think what he's brought to the Philadelphia 76ers. And over the last few years, you can see his numbers getting better and better. We, we, I always call it the Michael Jordan, LeBron James effect. And I know that a lot of people don't want to put LeBron James and Michael Jordan in the same conversation. But at one point, you could actually vote those guys MVP every single year but a lot of people don't want to look at it that way. And that's why it's interesting when you say with the analytical numbers and how the young voters are always using those numbers, it looks like it could go right back to the Joker. Yeah, because in order for them to be relevant and, uh, you know, hold on to what they believe in, if you say that the Joker's numbers, analytical analytical numbers – were better than a year ago and he doesn't get the MVP and you don't vote for him, then going forward, what sense does it make that you're going to buy into the analytics? Right. Do you, do you see? How, so it's a catch-22. It really is because if they abandon that, they can't go back to that next year or the year after. Which one is it? Are those numbers more important than the eye test and other numbers? And I think that's where the problem comes in. I've seen this before, and there was a time when Miguel Cabrera – uh, had triple crown numbers in the American League, and they were talking about the analytical writers, baseball writers, were talking about the MVP to Mike Trout, the American League MVP. And it didn't happen that people did still value a triple crown and Miguel Cabrera won it. We saw it last year. Some people thought Shohei Otani's the MVP every year, right? He, he pitches yep. and he hits. Yep. So nobody can be better than that. And guess what happened? They overwhelmingly voted for Aaron Judge as MVP because there was context. The, the, the Angels were out of the, were out of the season mm-hmm. in May. The Yankees played meaningful games all year round. Judge had to perform all year round in order for the Yankees to win, and he overwhelmingly won. So it's going to be an interesting vote just to see how it turns out. Uh, Rob Parker joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Rob Parker, FS1 in the Twitterverse. Hey, uh, hey Rob, are we going to see you on this new Freak Nick documentary, man? <laughs> are you going to be spotted on there somewhere? Well, uh, when in those days, I still had a ski mask on, so you won't see me, but I was there. <laughs> you were still rocking the ski mask? <laughs> I was rocking. I was rocking a ski mask back then. I was thinking that I might run for president one day. You, know? hey, you were smart then. Hey, you were forward thinking. Yeah, That's exactly. right. You were forward thinking. <laughs> and I want to stay with the uh, – I can't even follow that up right I, I should have waited until the end to ask that, but I had to get it in. Sorry, Rob. Because <laughs> everybody's worried about being on that exactly. picnic documentary. <laughs> hey, Rob, I wanted to ask you this, too, before we get into baseball. I wanted to talk a little bit about Mike Brown and what he's been able to do with the Sacramento Kings. I mean, it's been an amazing run for these guys. They're in the playoffs for the first time. Mike Brown, uh, his story is kind of interesting because everybody thought that his rise was because of LeBron James, and now he's found a way, got a good squad together, and it looks like he's going to be the coach of the year. Talk about what you see with the Sacramento Kings, and do they have a legit chance of being able to push it in the playoffs? Yeah, I, I think he's done a tremendous job, and everybody discounts what's happened all year. They don't want to buy into the Kings because of their history, but their history has nothing to do with this group of players that have played and performed all year long. 
if the if the Golden State Warriors play stinky on the road like they have for most of the year, the Sacramento Kings have a chance to beat them because they they have more home games and the, and the, the Warriors. I get their pedigree. I get what they did and what they did last year, and they won a championship, and that's all good. And well, but if they don't play well like they like they have in the past in the postseason. They can wind up getting beat because their home record, I mean, their road record, uh, except for near the end of the year, was was abysmal for a team of that talent. That had something to do with um, other stuff, not basketball, because the same players had a tremendous home record. So there was something else going on. So uh, I'm not saying the Kings are going to upset them, but I'm saying people shouldn't totally discount the Kings because they don't have any experience. It's the first time since – the Louisiana Purchase was an escrow that they uh, made the playoffs. Oh, no, it's been a long time. <laughs> that, that is spot on. You are 100% correct about that. I mean, I'm looking forward to this team getting a chance to play and having a lot of, bit, a lot of fun as well. I'm also looking at the Phoenix Suns and seeing if they're going to be able to push it. It looks like a lot of energy is coming out of the West. But I wanted to ask you about baseball and MLB Bro. Go to MLBBro.com. Not only – a lot of people don't understand, too, not only are you great with your commentary, you are, you're also a great writer, and that's how you got into the game, and you love the game of baseball. So you decided to start MLB Bro. You've partnered with Major League Baseball. You've had your own segment. I saw your segment today uh, as well. So talk about MLB Bro and the mission of MLB MLB bro. Uh, yeah, you know, this is my, it was a dream come true. I started it in 2021, two seasons ago. And my dream was to a, uh, put up a site that would celebrate and cover black and Brown players, uh, from the United States and the accomplishments currently. And, and in the past, it's like 75% of the website, which is videos and stories is about the black players today. The other 25% is about players uh, in the past, great players and their contributions. And Major League Baseball monitored the site for the last two years, and this year they stepped up with the idea of partnering. So our content, some of our content is now on MLB.com, MLB Network, Mm -hmm. and uh, on their social media platforms. I mean, to give us an even higher exposure and and it was definitely like uh, a dream come true that they saw my vision and they wanted to you know help to uplift it and put it out there more the best part of the partnership with MLB is that they also in the business of helping to develop the next generation of black baseball writers and content creators that is I have a staff of 60 young people who love baseball And that's my biggest mission is to help to develop these new writers and content creators and broadcasters. And baseball is going to help us do that with some internships and whatnot. And and that's what I love the most about the inclusion of Major League Baseball is that we want to develop more. So we want to celebrate the black player, cover the black player, uh, but also develop these young writers and broadcasters during the process. So it's a, if you get a chance, please take a look at the site. It's a great-looking site, great stuff on there. 
uh, MLBbro.com, and I'll, I'll slogan it. Slogan is MLB Bro, because you need to know. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, I like that. <laughs> and, uh, and Rob, I just want to ask you because you know, obviously, um, getting more young African American players is just obviously it being uh, more attractive to younger viewers, right? To a younger demographic. The rule changes that they have implemented this season, which I think have been uh, successful, it's hugely successful. Um, they're going to do a, a go a long way, I think, in attracting younger demographics and younger viewers. Could that be something that just ends up overall helping the cause of bringing young? African-Americans to the game. Yeah, no no doubt about it. I mean, base stealing is back in vogue. You know, MLB bros are running wild on the base pass, so that's pretty cool. Um, and then about 30 minutes shorter with the pitch clock. I wasn't sure about that. I'm a traditional guy, but the game hasn't changed the way I view it. I love that, you know, the bases are bigger so that, you know, uh, uh, less injuries and also better stealing bases. And then the shift, there's more action on the base pass because you can't put everybody on one side of the field and take away hits from guys. Now they got to kind of play uh, standard positions and, and the field's open for, for more action on the bases. I don't want to see a game that's only strikeouts or home runs. And, and I do want to say one other thing on baseball and and, and there's a kid who just made it up uh, with the um, St. Louis Cardinals. And, yep, um, Walker. Jordan Walker, I'm yep. sorry. And Jordan Walker. Yep. And he's hitting his first 12 games. Mm-hmm. And here's the significance of Jordan Walker. It's not just a kid, a black kid who, who, you know, broke through and is having a great start to his major league career. This guy is six foot six. 245 pounds, 20 years old. These are the guys that Major League Baseball has been losing to the NFL for years. Mm-hmm. And, and he's a breakthrough player to me that like, that's like a movement. Uh, Latroy Hawkins, who pitched in the big leagues for like 21 years, he compared Jordan Walker to Dave Winfield. And I think it's significant because Dave Winfield, if you remember, when he was drafted, he was drafted by four professional leagues, mm-hmm. the ABA, the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball. He picked Major League Baseball. He had a 20-year Hall of Fame career, and Jordan Walker could be that next guy. And other players of his size and that look like him could look at Jordan Walker and say, hey, I, there's another path into pro sports, and it's back to baseball. I think he's a movement. Remember what I told you about Jordan Walker and his significance. Yeah, I, c- I couldn't agree with you more. And I remember when you and I were talking when you were getting ready to start MLB Bro, and I actually got part of the first merchandise that was out there. So I, I still right. I still rock that merchandise every <laughs> chance I get. Um, but I agree with you about Jordan Walker. I think he's been one of the guys that's not only been a surprise, but if you've been playing attention to baseball, you know how talented he is. I was just glad to see that he made the opening day roster where a lot of these guys would have to wait a couple weeks before they bring them up to the big leagues because they didn't want to start their clock too early. But that guy was wearing right. out the baseball in spring training, and I was glad to see that he got to the big leagues and has been able to do exactly what he's been put on this earth to do, and that's to hit a baseball and hit it hard. Man, he is so fun to watch. Yesterday for his 12th game in a row with a hit, 
he got it in his last at bat. He was 0 for 3 yep. and then came through. And if you saw the bench and uh, his teammates, I mean, what a great story and what a great start for him yep. uh, in baseball. 12 straight. It hasn't been done since when? 1912 or something like that? Yep, exactly. Exactly. So it's been really, really impressive. And I, I, I'm definitely all tuned in. And I'm also uh, checking out MLBBro.com, covering black and brown major leaguers. Um, what did you say? What is, the, what is your slogan? MLB Bro, because you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Rob, I appreciate it. We appreciate you jumping on. I know you're busy. Um, you and Chris, like my man Rod said, you and Chris Broussard do a great, great job uh, covering every sport, and y'all's banter back and forth makes me chuckle every single night. So we appreciate it, brother, and thank you for taking the time to join us today. No, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And, Mike, I, I really, I got to say, I really appreciate the support for MLB, bro. And you were on, you were on it on Front Street day one. I appreciate that. It means a lot. And uh, we've come a long way and got way way, more, way much more to do. So uh, I appreciate you. Thank uh, you, Mike. No problem. Keep up the great work. Be safe out there. Thanks, Rob. There Thank you, you, guys. Bye-bye. Rob Parker. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, no he's doubt. he's, uh, he, he's, he's actually really, really great uh, on air, too. I've listened to Rob Parker and Chris Broussard several times, uh, but also a great writer, too. He's a writer he is. Be- long before he long got into, before he got into this. sports radio and uh, being an analyst on television, too. And he so. might have even covered you because he started in Detroit. He was he was in Detroit. Actually, I think yeah. he might have been covering you with, the, been, with the, right the Lions. I don't know if he would have covered me because I didn't, I didn't <laughs> well, play. He was I didn't play play enough to be covered, but yeah, he, he might. Our, our pass might have definitely might have crossed. Same time. That's right. Uh, all right, good, good stuff there from Harge. Uh, open up the contact list once again for Harge Knock Life. We come back. We got off the record right here on Ball Don't Lie. One hundred four nine the horn. D.D. Mega-doo-doo, I'm sorry, Mangoo-doo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get it. Bring the head comb. Congratulations. Continue good sex in the the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. We don't have a ton of time here because we went over with Rob Parker, and that was well worth it. So thanks to my man Harge uh, for getting Rob Parker on the show. That was really, really cool. Getting a lot of uh, good response on it on the Specs text line as well. And also everybody who sent uh, pictures of dogs and stuff because <laughs> the theme of the day is Lou's Found Day, our unofficial mascot on the show, uh, who's is Patrick's dog. So uh, appreciate you guys too. I mean, uh, I always love seeing somebody's dogs. Dogs always put me in a good mood. And even though Harge won't like it, you can send your cats in too. Right? <laughs> we don't want to discriminate on this show just because Harge hates all cats. You won't want to discriminate. We know a lot of y'all out there got cats, and it's all good. K- KD was a cat KD guy. KD was a cat guy. KD That's right. Cat. That's when That's I right. stopped. That's when I stopped discriminating against cats. <laughs> It was one of my was, best. Was that the one that you had to yeah, go and try to one help? One of my better friends in the world yeah. was a cat guy. And I was like, you know what? I got to change my. It's like when if you can be like you can say you you say you're a racist, but then one of your kids marries somebody of a different color. You go, you know what? My kid, my grandkids gonna end up being. 
biracial, so you know, I guess I can't be as racist. As racist. You, you know gotta I mean? you gotta put a you governor gotta, on it. You gotta back that off yeah. a little bit. You yeah. know what I mean? That's the best honestly, the best way for us to overcome racism is to like just date other races. You learn no more about another race when you date someone of that race than you'll ever learn in some textbook or something like that. I Guaranteed. like the way you think, man. Oh, man, I was like the Rainbow Coalition out there. I was trying to Dating say. all types of ladies That's out right. there. That's like Jesse Jackson. Well, he wasn't dating a lot of women. He's, he was the master, mastermind behind the Rainbow Coalition. Either way, I don't know how I got there from dogs. He was rainbowing. Uh, yeah. Okay, how about this real quick, because I know we're up against it. Uh, this is good news for Major League Baseball. So we know now the average duration of the game has mm-hmm. been shortened by 20, sorry, 30 minutes, actually. On average by 30 minutes. So now they're close to two and a half minutes on, sorry, two and a half minutes, two and a half hours uh, on average for every nine-inning game so far this season, which is remarkable. But the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size, making the stallion size, but it, it has a negative, a negative effect. It's had a negative effect on alcohol sales. Yep. Uh, so a lot of teams, making sure they put that dollar-dollar bill, y'all, first, uh, they have decided <laughs> to uh, basically change their rules. Um, and now CNN, the Rangers, the Rangers actually told CNN before the 2020 season, the team allowed some alcohol sales through the eighth inning, but have made it widely available this year. And along with other teams now, Arizona Diamondbacks, the Rangers, Minnesota Twins and other teams are following this example. And they have extended beer sales now through the eighth inning. When it used to be, what, a seventh inning thing? Mm-hmm. It used to stop in the seventh inning. Now it's going to the eighth inning. I think every uh, team is going to follow this example. Well, it's funny that you say that because a pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies, Matt Strom, said he strongly disagrees with the fact of extending sales past the really? seventh inning. Wow. And the reason why he's saying this is because now you are trying to, the rule was basically we stopped doing it because you wanted people to kind of sober up before they would make that drive home. Now you're That's extending fair. it, and now that window of opportunity for them that they think is okay is not okay. So he's saying, this is what he was saying. He says, so now with the faster pace of the game, if the game gets finished much quicker, we, we, we should not move the beer sales back to the sixth inning so people will have time to drive home safely, right? So instead of making it to the eighth, why not making it done in the six because the game is getting over faster? All right, so, so let's start with this and logically. That's not how drinking and driving works. Understood. That you don't sober up in two innings of baseball, no matter how long they are. If you had eight beers, two innings ain't going to make it safe for you to drive. <laughs> it's just a reality. So that was never really the reason. They may have said that. The reason they stopped it was because if you had a full beer in the ninth inning and your team lost, you were going to throw it on the field. And so they wanted less drunk people when they're trying to escort them out. What's the worst time to be at a bar? Last After call. 2 o'clock, that's right. Last call. When they say last call, people go nuts. So you try to end that in games because you're like, we got twenty thousand people here, fifteen thousand people, get more beer. And beer if we don't, if we let them at the very end, there's gonna be lines of people chugging beers at the trying to leave the place, and then we got to stop everybody to try to sneak beers out to the parking lot. Like, there's all the other reasons you cannot drink eight beers and sober up in two innings. <laughs> that is that is a fallacy. And if you think you can stop doing that, you're drinking and driving. Right. 
and honestly, the truth is, you, you, you can't, you shouldn't be abusing alcohol like that. In two and way. a half hours, you <laughs> should be having two to three beers at the game. And, and, yes, enjoy the game, exactly. and then you'll be fine either nice way. Buzz. If you, you should, if you are normally drink that much and you're yeah. right volume and everything else, get a nice buzz. You shouldn't be trying to get hammered at yeah. the game. Or take a DD and go for the ride go shares. for the record. Go for how the about, record. How about ride shares? Well, I don't like a ride share at a game because the traffic gets harder to get a ride share and they yeah. cost a lot more. But that's just because I'm I'm cheap, I so I don't want to do it. Yeah. But, it's, but I'm it's saying I get a, a DUI. No, but that's why I hang out with sober <laughs> friends. Everything is cheaper. Yeah. Like, but Rob, I deal with that heartache that's, Rob, and stress. That's why I still hang out with sober friends. Uh, there you go. That's also yeah. good. Because they're like, man, I stopped drinking. You're like, cool. I didn't. You drive. Uh, I, actually, that's really good. Yep. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. I'll buy dinner tonight, and you drive. Well, I'll buy yep, it to yep. park. I'll buy tickets and game. You drive. We'll be have a good time. Yeah. Uh, Major League Baseball games. Now they said uh, the loss in. Uh, revenue from the beer sales it translates to a loss of around 1.1 million in lost beer sales throughout the season, depending on the stadium. So, yeah, that million dollars, they probably want to make that yeah. up. Now, that being said, if more people show up at games, then they will make that money back. Yep. I agree with that one, 100%. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like what they've done, but the uh, the beer sale thing, yeah, I agree with Patrick. Uh, just don't abuse the alcohol either way. I don't know if extra two innings of, of sober uh, right, a, a big sober is going right. to help you at that point. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into uh, spring football news, notes, and nuggets, expectations, and predictions. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful, not home.